Well, football bosses in Australia are facing widespread fan backlash following a decision to award Sydney the right to host the next three A-League men and women's grand finals. Historically, the highest placing team has gained the right to host the A-League decider, which has, over the league's history, taken place in all five major Australian state capitals. So do you think the round ball game has made the right call here to give it to Sydney? Do you agree or disagree with the idea of Aussie sports authorities such as the AFL or NRL doing deals with state governments to cement flagship events in one city? Text us on 0418 226576 or tweet at RN Drive to give us your take. Here are some thoughts from a few listeners so far. This is a setback for the world game in Australia. And according to another, as a Sydney supporter, I'm disgusted by this. Even if we do get a home ground advantage, it will be bought and paid for. Well, Samantha Lewis is a football journalist for ABC Sport. Welcome, Sam. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I think better than some out there today. I mean, (laughs) you've been tweeting about this decision to move the men's and women's grand finals to Sydney for three years now. You're quite upset about it, it seems. How are A-League fans feeling right now? Yeah, look, the backlash has been swift and it has been incredibly negative from football fans, not just football fans outside of Sydney, who are obviously really put off by the idea of having to travel to Sydney every season, regardless of the teams that make it for this grand final, but also fans inside Sydney, fans of football who really cherish the way that this sport and particularly these competitions have been formatted and structured over the years. It's what has really made football distinct from your AFLs, your NRLs, which do have this centralised sort of grand final format. Whereas, as you mentioned in the intro, Football has this fantastic national appeal. It goes to every single major city across the country and every single football community across Australia has the opportunity to show up to their their team's grand final games and to have that home ground advantage. It's something that has really marked Australian football as unique and distinct from so many other codes. And that's really what's being lost here. And I think the, the justifications that have been provided by the small number of decision makers in this case at the board level of the APL, they haven't quite washed with a lot of football fans, uh, particularly uh, in in light of, you know, all of the momentum that's been generated by the Socceroos at the World Cup. There was Mm. this really great feeling that football was finally coming together and working towards a shared vision. Mm. But Less than two weeks later, we have this massive fracture that's opened back up again, that's divided Australian football in terms of its its governing bodies, the people who make the decisions and the people who are ultimately affected by them. Well, there's been a lot going on at that board level today, not just at the APL, but across the clubs. Um, there's been emergency board meeting of the Australian Professional Leagues, the APL, which oversees the A-League, and Melbourne Victory Chairman Anthony DiPietro resigned from the APL board today. Sam, what does this all mean? Was Mr DiPietro actually part of this decision making? Was he blindsided by the APL's decision this week? So Anthony DiPietro was one of only six A-Leagues clubs who sat at the APL board level. So he actually did have power. He had a vote when it came to decisions like this. Not all clubs who are part of the leagues are part of that decision-making process. 
And that's really where some of the fractures are starting to emerge. We've seen a number of clubs such as Wellington Phoenix, Western United, Perth Glory, they've all come out and made public statements distancing themselves from the decisions that seem to have been made around them without actually consulting them. And Melbourne Victory is in a really tricky spot because on the one hand, while they are involved at the board level and are able to make these kinds of governance decisions, this particular decision seems to go completely against Melbourne Victory's own interests and the interests of their community and their fans. So Di Pietro, I mean, I don't blame him for resigning, having to take a step back and, and really focus on um, what his core business is, which is the club itself. Mm. He can't really serve two masters in a moment like this. Mm. And the intensity of the backlash has been such that he was really put in a, a kind of ultimatum decision. Either he stays on the APL board and continues to make decisions like this, which go against the interests of his stakeholders, or he res removes himself entirely from that position and just focuses on what, what his people want, what his stakeholders, his fans and his players mm want. Well, so this is one of the uh, the sort of dilemmas of Australian football at the moment in, in the sense that the APL board is not independent from the clubs that it governs and it's not representative of all the clubs that it governs either. Yeah. So that's something that going forward needs to be addressed. Let's have a look at the justification for the decision. The APL CEO Danny Townsend was on ABC News Breakfast this morning. We're a game that, that needs to be innovative. We need to make bold decisions and um, you know our game's longed for a moment in time where we have stakeholders around the country that, that want to invest in it and in this case we had the New South Wales government want to get behind our game and, and put our grand finals on the national sports calendar. Um, so, you know, we, we change is hard and we, we had to go and, and do what we thought was right for the game. So, Sam, what do you make of the CEO's argument here? Why do you think the A-Leagues ha has made this decision? I can understand this from the perspective of Danny Townsend and the APL. I can understand it in the sense that historically football's relationship with government, state and federal has not been great. We have often received the short straw when it comes to government funding at both of those levels. And so to have the, have the New South Wales government reach out to football with a multi-million dollar deal over the course of a number of years, it's quite rare. And it's the amount of money that football at the moment, uh, off the back of all the money that we lost during COVID, couldn't really say no to. So there's a sort of the financial incentive there and there's the political incentive there mm. to start to really build those ties with the state government. Mm. But outside of that as well, I think there's another another appeal to the sort of the mainstream Australian sports audience. This is the, the audience that taps into the Socceroos and the Matildas every four years, but which doesn't really pay attention to football um, in between those periods. Mm, so that's mm. sort of the, the community that I think the APL are wanting to really try to appeal to. And that's what they've been trying to appeal to ever since they came into power um, just over a year ago. Given the fierce backlash that we've seen today, and, and there's also reports that several foot fans, fan groups, Groups are planning walkouts during matches this week. Uh, we know the A-Leagues had this emergency board meeting today. Do you think there's any chance that this decision will be reversed? That's the golden question at the moment. I'm not sure what kinds of uh, agreements happen behind closed doors. I don't know when it comes to agreements particularly formed with governments, how flexible they are, how likely they are in terms of one party wanting to pull out or rip up contracts. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, what's going to happen. I do know that 
this kind of moment has happened in the past where decisions have been made at governance level that fans and players have disagreed with so fiercely that there have been walkouts, there have been protests, there have been banners unfurled at games to send a message uh, publicly that this is something that the football community does not agree with. So I fully anticipate a number of fan groups doing something similar in the upcoming weekends, A-League men's and A-League women's games. Um, whether or not that's going to be enough for the APL to backtrack on their decision mm. is just a matter of time. On RN Drive, Samantha Lewis is here talking about the Australian football final stout that's still unfolding tonight. And I want to hear your thoughts. Text me on 0418 or tweet at RN Drive to give us your take. Should the A-League at grand finals always be played in one city? Or should the top team be rewarded by hosting the pinnacle of the sport? Well, Rob from Cockies Hill, who is a friend of the show, we love hearing from you, Rob, when you text in. It seems so that you've only focused on one game. His text says, as long as they don't clash with the Swans pre-season training program, let them play. I'm a Swannies fan, so I, I might side with you on that one, Rob. Well, Sam, back to you now. Over the last few weeks uh, of the World Cup, you mentioned earlier, you know, we've had thousands of thousands of grassroots fans showing up at live viewing sites. It's really been wonderful to watch and be a part of. How can we grow the game here in Australia if you get responses like this, if you go after funding from the states or if indeed the feds aren't giving money? Is, is the answer really here just in funding? Funding is a major pillar of the way that Australian football needs to capitalise on moments like the Socceroos' incredible run at the World Cup. And similarly, the attention that next year's Women's World Cup is going to bring to our shores as well, and particularly to the women's game. Funding has always been at the heart of sport, and it's always been something that football has struggled to, um, to capture from various different sources. So in that kind of context, you, know, you would make particular kinds of decisions to move the game in certain directions. And that's what I think this moment and uh, this group of clubs and decision makers are um, shaped by at the moment, what they're influenced by, this financial incentive to try and get as much money as possible. Again, particularly in the wake of COVID, where a lot of clubs lost a lot of money trying to keep themselves afloat. Mm. So you've got that financial incentive. But for me, and for I think a lot of other football fans, it's not just about money. It's also about it's about storytelling, it's about the the enthusiasm, it's about the hope and the trust and the faith that we have in the people who are running our sport to make the right decisions, not just to make the most money, but also to keep what we hold really dear and really close about football in the centre of decision making. And mm. that is entirely based on players and it's entirely based on fans. It, Those two groups, if you don't have them, you don't have football. No. And this kind of decision has completely disregarded both. And just finally, Samantha, I mean, what does this decision do to the momentum that we were seeing of the World Cup? It feels at the moment like the momentum has completely flattened. 
you know, we came back from Qatar. There was so much joy, so much hope and faith that the future of Australian football was looking bright, that we were all pulling in the same direction. And in the space of two weeks, it just seems to have crashed into this brick wall of governance and a group of people who seem to have made decisions not on in the sort of the wake or riding the wave of that momentum, not wanting to generate the same kind of hope and belief in the future of the sport as what the World Cup did for fans, but rather pulling in a completely different direction and thinking only about short-term financial gain. So it's really disappointing. It's really disheartening. And I think that's why a lot of football fans, including myself, are quite upset about what's happened because it feels like this moment has gone to waste. Mm, much more to come over the coming days, I'm sure. Samantha Lewis, football writer for ABC Sport. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.